welcome to the Fossil Huntress podcast. Today on the show, I wanted to talk about somebody very special to me and one of the reasons that I'm doing these podcasts and I write my blog and I continue researching and going into the field, Dr. Ted Danner, who is my mentor and friend and who I would love to share with you. One of the things we're often not present to is how special a moment is or a series of moments. And what is interesting about history is you know, there's the rocks and the fossils and the species we find and the papers we publish, but really it's the human story, the people that make the difference. And for me, one of the most singular humans on the planet was my mentor and friend, Dr. Ted Danner. So. He was, uh, he was Professor Emeritus at UBC for the bulk of our going to dinners, but I had dinner with him the third Thursday of every month prior to the Vancouver Paleontological Society meeting, and he and I guarded that time. It was a time that I, I went and picked him up at his house at 14th and Sassamat out near UBC, and we'd go to the same little restaurant and have almost the same thing every time. And we would sit and we would discuss and we would debate. And I so wish that I could share some of those original moments with you. But I can tell you selfishly at the time I guarded that time. That was our time together. And he was an amazing man. So somebody I didn't have a crush on per se, but somebody who I respected immensely for his tremendous brain and wealth of experience. So he was he was funny and he was engaging and he was terrifying to his students. So I was, I had been his student and then became his friend. And he had many engaging stories to tell. So I want to tell you a little bit about him because I don't want him lost in time. So we look back at William Buckland and Mary Anning and Copen Marsh and we forget that we're living history now. And it's my greatest regret that so many of his amazing talks, so he would give a, an engaging talk at least a couple times a year to the Vancouver Paleo Society, and I didn't record those, and it didn't occur to me at the time to record them. I, I took extensive notes, but I wish you could experience him firsthand. So I'll tell you some of those stories and share some of his genius with you that he shared with me. So let's first consider the historical perspective. So Ted Danner was born in 1924, and he passed away very sadly in 2012 at the age of 88. But he was born in the same year as the 96th U.S. president, um, Jimmy Carter, and with uh, U.S. president George Bush. <laughs> that same year, Marlon Brando and Lauren Bacall, um, Many people share that historic birthday with him, and so he lived through time. So consider back what was happening in the world in 1924. And so that means we've gone through wars, and we've gone through history, we've gone through historic events, and those pieces shaped him and his viewpoint. Um, he would often say to me that uh, if there is a war, you want to invest in movies and lipstick, because those are the two things that transcend time. But his love was rocks and fossils. And so he went through his studies, um, becoming a geologist. He loved paleontology, but geology was his big love. He taught for a long time at the University of Washington. 
and he was also a boy scout so he loved hiking he was he was much like my friend betty he was a he was a mountain goat at heart and uh up to his later later days i can tell you that he could outpace anyone in the field and he was relentless in his pursuit of truth in his pursuit of understanding and interpretation of the evidence he saw on many, many occasions during our dinners, I would propose something to him. I would be thinking about, uh, you know, the landlocked fish of the Kootenays uh, or some bit of uh, paleo trivia. And he would say, you know, we've explored this and we've got the evidence, but there is no, nothing discernitive. So you just have to make a stand and publish what you can and interpret the evidence. And so looking at something like the plant fossil species in the chuckanut formation or looking at the landlocked salmon um, that we see up in the Kootenays and just make a determination, make your best guess and hold to it and say, you know, based on the evidence, this is my interpretation. So he could, he could appear harsh to others, but he was, um, he was engaging and he provoked you to think in a way that very few people engage in that similar way. To share a little more about what Ted Danner was like, he began teaching at UBC, so the University of British Columbia in Vancouver. So if you go to the city of Vancouver, um, and the airport is in Richmond, because it's a great big lie, it's the Vancouver airport, but it's based in Richmond. If you were to head north to the city and then west to the far west edge, that's where we've placed UBC. So he taught geology from 1954. And then even once he retired, he continued mentoring and giving talks and giving back because it was his primary love. Now, back in the day, when he was teaching in Washington State, he taught this geology course for the University of Western Washington. And they would take these students, the second years, I believe, on this hiking trip that included fording a river way up this like really busy rapids and they'd have to ford this river and every year the students would complain about it and he would go in and they would collect the fossils and he told me one day they were passing over this ravine and he had a bag of fossils in one hand and a grad student in the other and he thought mm, I get a grad student every year I should keep the fossils so his sense of humor he ended up keeping both and then one year, a group of nuns decided to take his geology class. I'm not quite sure what uh, they were thinking or what their motivations were, but um, they'd heard about him and they'd heard about his class. And so he took this group of nuns in their full habit. So picture uh, big black and white uh, lots of extra skirts and fabrics, and they were going to ford up this river. But that year, the university actually called him in and said, we need to remove this portion of the field trip from your, uh, from your curriculum. In the end, the nurse, the, the, the uh, um, nuns forded the river and they had that rite of passage. But the next year, the university finally said, okay, that's it. We're getting rid of this one undertaking. It's, you know, we hear complaints from students and it's, you know, it's risky and there's insurance involved. And this is back in the day, so we're a little bit more um, baby today in that we care more about insurance. But back in the day, we were a little more rough and tumble. But once the University of Washington removed that field trip, 
The next year, students complained bitterly that it wasn't included because it was considered a rite of passage. So it was unfair to them that it wasn't included. And so they reversed their decision and put it back in so that everyone would then have to undertake this huge hike and then fording the river to get in to collect fossils. Now, Ted Denner was an amazing wealth of geological knowledge. I actually never called him Ted to his face from the time I knew him until he passed. I referred to him always as Dr. Danner. And he gave talks on the uh, various sites in British Columbia, always with slides. So I had a slide projector just for him. Um, he gave talks about the west side of Red Mountain at Kendall Quarry, where there are late Mississippian exposures where you can find fragments of brachiopods and um, goniotites. He told tales of uh, Chilliwack Valley where you could find fusilinids. One of his favorite stories, though, was the tale of Reginald A. Daly, who was a fellow who mapped a series of maps back in 1912 along the international boundary between, the can between Canada and the USA. And Ted had walked those boundaries um, so that he could deliver that talk on the fusilinids of the um, Chilliwack Valley. And he was noticing and noted year upon year that the hillside was slowly sliding down and that at each year we'd gain about an inch on the U.S. And because he gave that talk over time, so I'd have him deliver that talk maybe once every three to five years, he would GPS and mark the site and he would tell me, you know, we've gained an inch, we've gained an, gained an inch and a half, we've gained two inches on the USA. And so, and he found this incredibly funny. I want you to consider the world that Ted Danner entered in 1954 when he started working at UBC. So he was teaching first year geology and in that world, Men went and earned the bacon and women stayed at home and had kids and looked pretty and kept the house. And whether we buy into all that today, that was a very strong reality in the 50s. And there were very clear roles about how we behaved. We were a little bit more proper. We couldn't break the rules, but Danner was a rule breaker. So when he started teaching first year geology at UBC, he noted something about the students, which he'd noted before, which was they like beer and they drink beer and they drink pop and then they don't recycle. So this is pre um, sort of being aware of recycling and, and uh, being conscious of our impact on the environment. But Danner was always very conscious of this. So he started going around and collecting beer cans and pop cans. He'd gather them up return them, get the dollars, and put it into a fund. And UBC was dead set against this. So whatever they say now, it doesn't matter because I have the stories. So in the beginning, they persecuted him for this behavior. It was encouraging the students. It was the wrong kind of lead, the wrong kind of example for our university. It was actually exactly the right kind of lead. Students drink beer. Students students don't like to necessarily recycle, and so he gathered it up and he did the work for them and then invested it back into them. So years went by, and this uh, fund continued. And then when he passed away in 2012, he took a large part. So I can't imagine what his house at 14th and Sassamat was worth, but it would have been considerable. 
and his mineral collection, which he donated, was worth half a million dollars. No, not half a million, $500,000. But he took a big portion of his endowment and put it back into what was officially named the Beer Pop Can Bottle Deposit Refund Award from Ted Danner that is awarded every year to geology and paleontology students at UBC. And for that, I think somewhere Danner is laughing in his grave because um, it was something that he really thwarted against. He really pushed against bureaucracy and really enjoyed um, the success of that fund. So anyway, thank you for sharing Ted Danner with me. And I'll tell more of the personal stories of the people of uh, geology and paleontology that have shaped my world. And you have a good day until we meet again.